Welcome back, Clinnies, to um, season one, episode 11. Hey, did I do it hey. right this time? Okay, okay. Um, good job, good job. Today, we're here with some exciting news. The news is I'm, I can finally label myself as a licensed clinical social worker because I passed that dang exam. Hey. Hey. I'm clapping for you. Okay, who has jobs for me? Let's go. Oh, just kidding. Um, so what's the hot topic for today? Oh my gosh, I muted myself and I couldn't figure out how to unmute myself just now. <laughs> Sorry, if you hear a dog barking. Ugh, totally normal. Dogs driving me nuts. Um, hot topic for today. Oh my gosh, I'm so, okay. I don't want to like super fangirl out about this, but I'm so ridiculously excited. All over my FYP, mm. I think for like the last week or so, has been the new trailer dropped for Inside Out 2. I haven't seen it, but I, I love I love oh, Inside Out One, so I'm pretty oh, excited okay. about it. I haven't seen the trailer. Okay, uh, well, the movie's coming out in June 2024. Oh my God. So, I, <laughs> dude, sometimes when these trailers drop, I know, and I'm so immediately psyched about it, and then it shows the month and year of when it's going to come to theaters, and then I'm pissed. I'm like, what? That's forever from now. And I think it dropped. This trailer came out. I think like maybe around Thanksgiving, so it was like right at the okay. end of November. But either way, let me – I watched this trailer too many – okay, no. Did I watch this trailer too many times? Yes. Did I follow a bunch of people and watch a bunch of other people dissect um, this video? Yes. Yes. I did all the things. Oh, let's get mm. into it. Ooh, tell so me. obviously, if for those who haven't watched Inside Out 1, number one, immediately watch it. It's on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. But Riley, the little child uh-huh. who were inside her head for the entire time, the what are the emotions? We've got joy, sadness, anger. fear, disgust, and anger, mm-hmm. right? Those are the five emotions that are inside her head. And then obviously a very important character is Bing Bong, mm-hmm. the imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. There's a whole scene in that. I don't even want to get into it anyway. Um, so all the trailer is them being inside, you know, her brain, mm-hmm. the what is it, headquarters or whatever they call it. Um, and then all of a sudden the like uh, construction crew comes through and is like rebuilding the. Um, oh my god, she's thing? going through puberty. Uh, yeah, oh, because the beginning, yes. <laughs> the beginning of the trailer is her blowing out the uh, thirteen. Oh, candles on the, can- on the cake. Oh. Well, not the, it says like one three on the oh, cake. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, and for us, we immediately are like, "Holy shit, puberty!" Even though thirteen's not really the age. That I think is now. so cute. Yeah, statistically, it's like 10, I think now, but whatever. So obviously, it's puberty um, is what we're at least going to assume. But uh, so- The control panel. The control panel thing. I couldn't think of what that was called. Um, That like just gets all saws and knocking it down and shit. Build a new one. And so then the characters, five characters are looking at it like, the fuck? And then they like feel something, hear something. And it's just- Really wild looking little new emotion who's kind of reminded, well, honestly, kind of reminded me of me a little bit, but it kind of reminded me of like Chucky off Rugrats, like red crazy hair. Oh my gosh. And it's just like, hi, sorry. And then, is it social anxiety? <laughs> it's, it, it's anxiety, oh, is the emotion, which gosh. is just amazing. So that's the new confirmed emotion. But when anxiety is talking to the five, Anxiety says something like, sorry, we were trying to be quiet or something like that. And then I think it's like, who's we? And so then 
it's like, boom, black screen. And then it's, you know, it says something about whatever inside out. But then um, a bunch of emotions, the words like flip, flip through really fast. So you have to like pause and see what they are. So the possibilities of emotions that people are talking about are envy, embarrassment, and ennui. Do you know what that word means? Ennui. No. Ennui. So it's E-N-N-U-I. Ennui. It's a French word. Okay. Um, I went, like I said, I went down the rabbit hole on all of this. Um, The French word ennui describes a feeling that combines tiredness and boredom. Ennui in one version is one version of the blahs. Thought it sound, um, sounds a little fancy. That sounds um, maybe so it's nice. Because it's from the French. But it kind of gives me vibes of like maybe boredom, I guess, or like melancholy. Okay. But like very teenage angst, really. Oh, my like, gosh. Me, me. I love yeah, it. So, That's going to be such a great movie. Oh, my God. I can't wait to I'm cry. So <laughs> I can't even handle it. I, that was probably so loud right now. Oh, my God. I am so beyond excited. Um, oh. I actually have – you know those – um. What Funko Pop yeah. thingies, those little characters. Yeah. I have the five and <gasps> Bing Bong, the five emotions and Bing Bong. I've had them for a really long time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Super nerdy. To be totally honest. But I love it. It totally is, isn't it? <laughs> Well, in reality, my ex gave them to me as a gift, like a set, as mm-hmm. a gift, like years ago. And because I always dream- dreamt of the day when I would be uh-huh. a licensed clinical social oh. worker and would do therapy. Uh-huh. And so for me, I always thought like, how cool would it be to have like Characters. emotions sit up so you could like hold them, touch them, talk about them. Because um, sometimes it's hard for people to talk about emotions. Yeah. But if it's like, what am I feeling? Especially when I used to work with kids, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, these would be great, tangible oh, that's ways such a good to idea. show emotions. I even had Bing Bong. So I mean, oh my gosh. I, I just thought, so I'm very excited because I will obviously now have to buy them myself. Yes. I will buy the new emotions of the Funko Oh, well, you could always ask your ex. You know, he might send it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyways. Um, but yeah, I'm just so, I'm genuinely ridiculously excited. And I, what I loved about Inside Out was the complexities of emotions, even though they're categorized, mm-hmm. obviously, as five different ones. But there's this one scene that I actually bring up in therapy with people all the time. I've ever, I don't even mm-hmm. know if I've ever told you about it, but you know the movie, right? Yeah. I watch yeah. it too frequently, so I'm way too familiar with it. But there's the scene because joy and sadness, they're like in the little parts of Riley's head and they're trying to get back to mm-hmm. headquarters because they've got I, the yeah. bag of um, – was it foundational memories or core memories? Yes. Like the bag of the core memories. And um, – so they're with Bing Bong and he gets really bummed out because I think um, his little uh, wagon, that spacecraft, that mm-hmm. imaginary spacecraft thing got like dumped into the the pile of no return. And he's all sad about it. And Joy is being toxically Joy. positive. Yeah. She's like, oh, look, oh, I'm dancing. I'm being funny because she's trying to make him not upset. Mm-hmm. And then Sadness walks over to him and she's just like. I bet you and Riley went on a bunch of adventures with that. And he's like, we did. And she's like, yeah, that's really, it's sad that it got thrown away. I'm really sorry. And just kind of doesn't like make him more sad, but just validates and validates. Yeah, exactly. Just validates how he feels. Mm -hmm. So then Bing Bong starts crying as tears of candy start coming Mm -hmm. out. And then Joy's like, you know, damn it, sadness, because she just gets mad at sadness the whole movie. And he cries for a minute, though they embrace. And then he stops and kind of wipes his tears away and is like, okay, I'm ready to go. Because they were trying to find the train station back to headquarters. And then Joy's like, 
what the fuck just happened? And Mm, so I use that sometimes when I talk about toxic positivity is like forcing yourself not to be sad and like lying to yourself Mm -hmm. about how you feel isn't going to make you feel better. Unfortunately, sometimes, you know, crying and releasing the sadness is really cathartic and it can help a person. And so that's a part of of therapy homework for me. If someone's not watched that movie, I've I've told people to watch that movie before. Ooh, I like (laughs) that a lot. And to pay attention to a a very specific scene. Um, But yeah, I I think it works well. And so I'm just so excited because I think that movie is done so well. And, you know, it works really good for adults, but Hopefully, a lot of kids watch it because do you watch? um, There's a there's a thing on YouTube. It's called Cinema Therapy. Uh, I know what that is, but I don't know what you're talking about now. There's um there's these two guys. One is a um a film producer, and like he like is responsible for coming up with like storylines and stuff like that. And his best friend is an LMFT, and they sit and watch movies together. And clinicians they. They dissect it from like the movie mm. producer's point of view and from the LMFT's point of view, and they dissect mm. the movies. It is so intriguing. I've watched okay. them do Inside Out. I've watched them do Hercules. Ooh, send to me. Oh, Disney film. Yeah, they do yeah. F- Disney films. They did Twilight. They did. Oh God. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. They did Emperor's New Groove. I think one time, and they <gasps> were talking about like narcissism. And I'm like, dang, this is good because then I started using that with some of my groups that I ran a while back. Mm-hmm. But it nice. was good. You should check it out because then you might actually like have more things to refer people to. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I can never think about Emperor's New Groove without thinking, pull the lever. Yeah, I mean, that's just <laughs> – they did say that there's a I love that I movie. wish they would come out with a, like more movies like that. I, I know. Nice. Like, I, I don't know what category of like film that is, but in my head it's like Emperor's New Groove. Megamind, like really funny cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Megamind isn't even Disney, but that movie fucking rocks. I don't know if you've ever seen it. And um, what, Megamind? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. <gasps> oh, Did that. you watch They're- that new Disney movie with the um, water and fire? I can't even remember. Elemental. Elementals. I think. Oh my yeah. gosh. It was so Elements? good. Elemental. Well, I can't remember. Something like that. Yes. <gasps> that was good. I've seen actually a lot of TikToks um, of like POV. My sister or my best friend fixing something in me, they didn't break. And it's that scene where like water knocks over the the glass jar mm-hmm. or the glass like water pitcher and then fire like melts it and like makes it back again. And Ooh, I'm like, it was such Whoa. a cute movie. I just <laughs> cried the whole time. But it, uh, yeah, that one was interesting. I actually really enjoyed the like the in inference of prejudice and racism and how well yeah. they did that that was really good and how separated I it i just liked how each, they like portrayed yeah. that yeah each was element really was good. just so diff like secluded and isolated and you couldn't mingle with other elements because your fire was too strong for somebody else i mean it was good all around yeah the, seg- the segregation in it was just really good it was it was done well and in a way to like show us Kind of the absurdity because you watch it as a cartoon and you're just like, this is so stupid. But then like, oh, wait, yeah, when you that, it is so stupid, isn't it? Yeah, pay attention yeah. to the themes of, mm-hmm. you know, they're making really good points there. But anyways, we're so okay, off yeah. topic. Um, today's, well, no, we haven't even gotten yeah, the topic. Tell the people. Today's episode podcast topic was requested by somebody on Instagram and it's Love about it. 
generalized anxiety disorder. Well, the real request was, yeah. can you talk about like thinking about conflict before a conflict even happens? Like you have to play (laughs) out in your head what um, you're going to say, what you think they're going to say, or you get terrified of this pending doom that's coming up for you. Well, when you told me that this was brought, that that was brought up, I think my response was, oh, you mean anxiety. (laughs) Yeah, everybody got it. <laughs> Some yes, people have it worse. That's just anxiety is what the, that's a symptom of anxiety. <laughs> and I think some people have it worse than others just because maybe yeah. childhood trauma, things that have just mm-hmm. sparked and blossomed in you over time and now it's just out of control sometimes. Yeah. And there's a reason it's called generalized anxiety and mm-hmm. we have to rule in and rule out other um, things from that, but <laughs> let's just review because I always like to give the peeps some facts, the clinics, some let's factual go over the information, facts and then go over our experiences with this. Oh yeah, for sure. So um, let's just right away say this is not this is informational only and based off of our perspective. We're not teaching anyone about anxiety. We're not diagnosing anyone with no, anxiety. No, no one is being diagnosed. This is informational and just our opinions only. But. Uh, if you were to go to the DSM mm. or what is it? DSM TR. Yeah. yeah. The most, the most newest one, um, specifically pages 250 and 251, <laughs> it will be, it will show you the diagnostic criteria. Um, so there are, what is it? Six, there's six things that someone has to present, um, with that last for more than a few days a week and that have been happening, um, for the past six months. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, let's see, restlessness or feeling keyed up or on edge, mm-hmm. being easily fatigued, difficulty concentrating or mind going blank, irritability, muscle tension, or sleep disturbance. That means like difficulty falling or staying asleep, restless, mm-hmm. unsatisfied sleep. So those are, those are like the basic foundation of what anxiety is. Okay. So basically we have that. Diagnose, self-diagnose. What I think is really funny is when I when I talk to people, <laughs> when I talk to clients, and I'll like you know kind of bring up some symptoms and stuff. And most people who suffer from, or I don't want to say suffer, but who live and deal with anxiety and depression, because mm-hmm. those two a lot of times kind of go hand in hand. When they're like, "Yeah, but who doesn't?" and I'm like, "People without anxiety and depression, like, <laughs> exactly." Like I, we always kind of joke or like when someone makes the joke to their therapist, like, yeah, but who isn't suicidal? And the therapist be like, most people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's so funny. Yeah, like it's it's always such a joke because we normalize a lot of these symptoms. behaviors and symptoms. And it's like, no, no, that's not the norm. That's yeah. a disorder. And let's talk about that. <laughs> I think anxiety um, and depression are one of the biggest ones though, like self self-diagnosed. Everybody has it. Oh my God, it's my anxiety. Oh my God. I'm feeling a little depressed today. Yeah. I take issue with that. Um, especially when people use the word depression, like instead of saying Mm -hmm. sadness, you know, like you can feel bummed out or sad, but depression is a disorder and there's a specific type of, uh, symptoms that go with that. That's not a mood that Mm -hmm. you have. I'm not feeling depressed today. That's not a mood. That's not a vibe. (laughs) But it's become so normalized just (laughs) like – Well, part of it I like. It's great that, you know, having depression is normalized in the sense of you're not alone and isolated and there's not something 
wrong with you mm-hmm. that you, because you have depression, but normalized in the way that NBD, everybody's depressed. No, that's not, that's not okay. I, I think coming with that too is people who are saying those things are often, mm-hmm. I feel like is it's helping with the mental health community. Like more people mm-hmm. are talking about it. But yeah. then again, it's still a problem if you're not doing anything with the symptoms that you have and you're just telling everybody that you're anxious and you're depressed yeah. and you're this and you're that. So I think that's also part of the problem. But anxiety. Yeah. Uh, well, something interesting, especially when it comes to anxiety is, and I and I talked to some of my people about this, is how to differentiate what is your personality and what is anxiety. Okay. And having someone I like this conversation. Like, yeah, having someone split that into and like almost compartmentalizing can be very difficult for people. Mm-hmm. And people can easily become addicted to their behaviors. And oh, like these if someone, are the people that are like, I've always been this way. Yeah. Or okay. Even when we come, like, let's say we complain and and I have to say, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, you know what? I'll just go for it. I'll be like, um, I'm basically the caretaker of my whole family. I'm always the person that has to listen to people's problems. It's really stressful. I always have to solve the problems. Mm-hmm. But then if somebody else was solving problems for pe- for my family and so- and they were going to someone else, suddenly what I was complaining about, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. That's, that's my job. My, hold, that's my job. That's yeah. my role in the family. So it it really it takes a lot of work and insight to be able to be like, okay, what is my anxiety? What is my personality? And what do I really want mm-hmm. to change? Because sometimes we can't just complain because we want to complain. Yeah, and that's venting. I mean, that's yeah. that's a normal thing. But like yeah. when you're right, it's become a part of your personality. Are you really anxious about it, or is this just something that you want to do and complain about? Yeah. And victimization, unfortunately, that type of victimized mindset is, it's not really, that's not a diagnosable necessarily because it's not its own diagnostic thing, but it can kind of be a part of anxiety too. Mm -hmm. And that's a mindset of like, everyone's out to get me. Everyone's, everyone's thinking negative things about me, Mm -hmm. um, which unintentionally with anxiety and depression, you can unintentionally become so self-centered and mm. accidentally selfish which sounds horrible but it can happen because you're you're always thinking that you're like worthless and shitty or whatever then think you're just thinking but the truth is is that you're thinking about yourself so much that's true because you know that reminds me of like conversations that you would have maybe at work or maybe between friends or family or something like that and they would be like well, um, I think they're mad at me. I think yeah. I said something wrong. I think I made a mistake. And then when you ask that person, like, well, why Why do you think they're mad at you? Or why do you think those things? Yeah. Oh, because I didn't text them back in, in this amount of time. They start catastrophizing their actual experience. Uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, I just, you're making this about you. Maybe mm-hmm. they had something going on. Maybe they, exactly. yeah. um, they were, you know, Maybe they're not mad at you at all. And you're just thinking that in your head. And now you're in full-blown anxiety symptoms. You put yourself there. A thousand percent. Yeah. Um, It's like talking to someone when they want to go to the gym and start working out. Mm -hmm. And then they start talking about like, but everyone's going to be looking at me and they're going to be judging me. And, you know, like, oh, I'm just embarrassed. I don't want everyone to look at me. Yeah. Yeah. And then like really the question 
that I have the hiccups. Really the question <laughs> that I start to ask people is like, why do you think everyone's going to be looking at you? Why are they looking at you? Mm-hmm. Do you, you like everyone is looking at themselves. Mm-hmm. Why do you think everyone's looking at you? And so then you kind of start to get into like, wait, is this like, am I just neurotic and going think nuts? I have this? Yeah. yeah. Like, well, why do I think I'm so important that everyone's looking at me? I, I, it's just, I think it's become, it's, it's the distorted thoughts, you know, you, mm-hmm. you get stuck in your mind and, um, without having to go into all this therapy talk, but um, you get <laughs> stuck, you get stuck in your mind and you can't get out of it because your thoughts start to spiral out of control because one yeah. thought leads to one thing. I don't, I want to go to the gym, but I don't like, yeah. I don't want people to look at me. Well, then when you start challenging that thought, it can get even deeper. Well, I don't think my clothes fit well. I don't think um, I'm going to be committed enough to go. Everyone else looks so much better than me. Really, Mm. it's me looking at everybody else and thinking, oh my God, they're so fit. Yeah. And then it's so easy for negative things to cement themselves in your head. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say, let's keep going with the gym thing. Want to go to the gym because whatever. And but I'm nervous. Have all these these fears about it. If someone starts telling me these positive things, that's not being cemented in my mind. But if I'm on TikTok and I see one video of someone making fun of somebody else in the gym, boom! See, that I knew it. I knew that that me. happens. Even though that's that's mm-hmm. just one example. You were given ten positive examples, but this one negative example is the one that you're going to create as the foundation. Mm-hmm. Because it falls in line with what you already believe about yourself. Exactly. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. And so it's, that's, you know, I think one of the bases of anxiety that people start to feel is like mm-hmm. once you start validating some of your own core beliefs and the things mm-hmm. that you believe about yourself, that's when you start spiraling out of control because it won't matter if someone like Joy is being toxic, po- toxic, mm-hmm. toxically positive to you. Yeah. You're not going to hear what they're saying because it yeah. doesn't fall in line with you. Facts. So let's talk symptoms and living with anxiety. Okay. I- Let's talk it. Well, I want to I want to highlight the fact like the person who brought this topic up. I think thinking about conflicts before it happens. Um, oh my god! I think that only happens yeah. for me <laughs> in certain situations. Like some some conflicts, I'm prepared to have. Like, oh no, they uh, really did something, and I'm about to go tell them. But that's the conflict of they. The other person doesn't know I'm coming to talk to them, or something yeah. like that. I think with with all life is balance, and um, there are times that you practice conflict because that's appropriate. It's yeah. like okay, I have to go have a you know a, an intense conversation. How should I start it? What you know, like you just kind of go through it, and you're yeah. like practicing. But then there's the other people who are catastrophizing, catastrophizing, catastrophizing. <laughs> you know what? Y'all know what we talk about. <laughs> Just keep on going. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, Catastrophizing. I, that, it, that sounds right. Is it? I don't I don't know. Whatever. Just, you know, okay, keep Catast- going. Catast- I can't even say it. So <laughs> you're, you know, really spiraling. Um, but you're suddenly practicing an argument or a conversation that's not going to happen. Like it's uh, imagining, you know, you're kind of, you've lost control of your thought process and you start to imagine all of these bad things 
catastrophe. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'll never not think of that word without laughing now. Um, I'm going to practice it. I'm finding it on Google. I'll practice that word. I'm going to make Let's, Siri read it back to me just so I can know. I do that all the time. <laughs> Anyway, um, and then you'll start like practicing stuff that's just not going to happen. And you're what I talk to clients about a lot is it doesn't even matter that the catastrophe didn't happen. You lived it in your mind Mm -hmm. because you imagined that it happened. You practiced this like argument that was never going to happen. And you experienced the emotions of it, even though it never happened. Mm -hmm. Like you did all of it to yourself. And, and now then, you're probably yeah. feeling a lot of feelings, might have some residual like anger, resentment to whatever the situation was, and none of it happened. And then Wild. the actual event is such a letdown because it's nothing like your mind just created or imagined. Yeah. Oh my God. The adrenaline that your body mm-hmm. goes through for no fucking reason at all. Your heart, your poor little heart. Oh my gosh. I could tell you when through. this has happened to me so many times. When I... I think in any setting, when a boss texts you and says, can you um, come to my office? We need to talk. And I'm like, I didn't do anything wrong. And then you start filtering through all the things that, what what do they want to talk about? I don't know. And it's like a list. It just gets bigger and bigger. And then you actually go talk to them and it's like, oh, I just wanted to approve your time off request or something so dumb. It was, I had someone, I had somebody <laughs> under me. Um, and any t- I had to, they had to like lose their shit on me once in my office and tell me to stop texting them things like that because my text would only say, "Hey, can you come to my office?" But to me, I was wording it like, "Hey, can you come to my office?" Mm-hmm. And I had like something to give them, or just needed their help with something, or whatever. Like I needed to have yeah. a secret conversation with them, and I didn't want to have to go get them and bring them out. You know, yeah. like in my head, it was nothing. And then one day, finally, he lost his shit and was like, you have to stop texting me that. And I was like, what? <laughs> they get so anxious. I was like, what? I'm sorry. What happened? And they were like, I always think I'm about to get fired. I'm like, oh, yeah. is that the relationship that we have? You think that I would like, what? And then I, I was never. immediately like, what is wrong? Like, I'm a horrible boss. Like, Oh, was- my gosh. And then the, the thought spirals just kept oh, going. Oh, yeah. So then my, yeah, my supervisor anxiety went crazy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's um, not only is it practicing future conversations. I got one for you replaying and redoing Mm. old conversations. Yep. That happens so often for me too. Even now. I mean, it's not like we're without, I don't know. What is the word? Without sin? No, that's not even the word. It's not like we're without these experiences because- I have all We're of these cool, experiences. But we have them all the time. I am anxious all the time. I have all of these experiences. Um, <laughs> I, you know what I do frequently? And I did it sometimes. <laughs> this is going to make me sound fucking crazy. I will have very intense, like, social justice or political arguments in my – out loud, in my car. Oh, and well like, – I do that. Like something will happen and I'll like envision having to argue one side or like my core belief. And I am that person talking out loud in my car. Um, No one would know because you could be be on Bluetooth talking to somebody. No one would know. That's what I like to think that no one knows that I'm talking to myself. Um, Nobody 5150 me after this conversation. But but no, so that's something that I do is like play out – 
like those political fights at Thanksgiving or something. Like I play those like how ones. it would go. <clears throat> yeah. Or like, cause almost like hyping myself up of like what I would say, how I would fight this. And I mean, I've been a social worker for a long time. So these like social justice type of fights I've had a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, it's almost like uh, practice. I like that. Because then it prepares you for whatever yeah. conversation might come up at your family table. Yeah. And I, when I verbalize it out loud, I hear it rather than just like – because I think when you think, I think when you think things, um, you aren't talking through it or like mm-hmm. ver- like the thoughts are just thoughts. They're not necessarily like worded thoughts. Mm-hmm. My, my inner monologue is like words, but not everyone's is more like a vibe. Um so if I say it out loud and like really truly practice things that I'd say, yeah, um, then I feel like like almost like better armed, I guess. I I have to sense. do I have to do this process where I like whenever I start have having like some sort of thing coming up where I'm anxious about it, like like my exam, mm-hmm. I oh, have yeah. to take my thoughts to court because of course all of these different thoughts were coming into my head about like, oh my gosh, what if I don't pass it? And what happens if this? And what it, what happens if that? And none of those are based in facts. Like I had no facts to support any of those claims. So that's why I say take my thoughts to court because I'm responsible for bringing the facts to support whatever that thought is. Yeah. And if I don't have facts, then it's not a valid thought. And so yeah. I process it on out. But the amount of meditation I had to do was insane. <laughs> uh, well, did they search your hair? No. I, the, see, I think that's the strangest thing. They didn't search my hair. They they searched behind my ears, maybe because they're big. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> But she's like, can you fold your ears down and make sure there's nothing behind your ears? They took my glasses. Maybe um, that's why he searched my hair. Or well, he didn't search my hair, but maybe that's why he made me like move my hair. And Maybe they were looking. Maybe he didn't just say they were looking behind my ears. Oh, maybe. My hair was in a pony tail a on the pony. back. Nice. And he, they didn't ask me to take the hair tie out or anything like that. Um, just a lot of pat downs or like pat yourself down, head, shoulders, knees and toes kind of thing. So it's a TSA, man. Dude, Wild. nothing's getting by those people in those Seriously. testing centers. But hey, the testing center has like changed. So has it? The idea, I mean, cheating to me just sounds so horribly terrifying anyway, but the idea yeah. of cheating in that type of situation, like that's your whole life. Your whole I, my in my head, yeah. like my life would be fucking over. Cause you're getting caught, please. But you're just that's your life. You don't mm-hmm. get your license now. And now all that all those years of studying and all of that work you did, gone. I just gone. feel like the cheating part, that's just not an exam you can really cheat on. And I like, it's a lot of rationalization. Like, like I had to go through my head a lot during these different scenarios and like put myself in these situations. And, Mm. and one thing I remember, you know, my study program saying is like, you have to keep your job is to keep the public safe. So you better know how to keep the public safe by knowing how to do this stuff. Pressure, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so if I don't know that, then I'm not ready. And I was okay with any outcome. But I, you know, I'm glad I passed, but. No, that's so a good point because I had the same type of feeling. Like I wanted to pass, but it was more like, I hope I know enough. I hope I'm smart. You know, like I hope I held enough information. I hope I'm good enough to pass. Mm -hmm. And then it was the same kind of thought. Like if I don't pass, then I'm not, then I'm I'm not not ready. ready I'm not ready to be a clinician and I don't know enough yet. 
And yeah. And I like, so I like, like that actually somebody who cheats on that kind of test is really disappointing and they shouldn't be a social worker because no, fuck no. you need to be able to <laughs> keep the people you, ethics. Yes, yeah. <laughs> keep the people you, you take care of safe. And that's yeah. not fair. We do with people's lives. Yeah. yeah. And being a clinician, I mean, you have to constantly, uh, I had a situation the uh, few weeks ago where a decision had to be made and I must have consult clinically consulted with like six different people because mm-hmm. not, I to. mean, I thought I knew what the right thing to do was, but I'm just number one, I'm just one person. Let me get the insight of other clinicians. Mm-hmm. And I love that about our practice and that it's in the, uh, it's in the code of ethics as well. Yeah. Consultation. Got to. Yeah, got to. And All I right. think having consultation too would, would help with these these conflict scenarios that you have in your For head sure. that deal with anxiety. Because if yeah. you're not talking to a trusted person about some of the things in your head, then they get stuck there and then you feel mm. bad about it, yeah. possible choices that you have to make and things like that. So yeah. if you yeah. don't have a therapist or a best friend, you should get one. Mm. I think it's interesting that you said therapist or best friend. Because they could be both. I'm just oh, God. <laughs> I um I heard I saw this thing the other day. It was it was TikTok, obviously. But it was someone talking about the types of friends that you have and the types mm-hmm. of relationships and how like totally okay all of these different relationships were to have. And they were talking like, that's my work best friend, or that's my movie friend, that's the person I go to movies with, that's my LCSW friend, you know, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting and a good idea for so many people. Um, But what I will say is that sometimes anxiety, when you're living with it, you will project and put your anxiety like a backpack on other people who shouldn't probably be wearing it for you or holding mm-hmm. it for you. You like how you said trusted friend, that's a good idea and you don't necessarily have to consult with six different people yeah. about your anxious thoughts. Like you have to also be you know, if you who do are you that, telling them to? And that why tells so many? Me, yeah, exactly. Why so many people? If you mm-hmm. do that and you have to consult with six people, that tells me that you're trying to get a specific answer to validate mm. your already growing fears. Yeah. And anxiety. Good, good point. Yeah. And if you want that, then, then go to the untrusted friend who you know will give you exactly what you need mm. and you'll continue to feel the way you feel. Yeah. Or go to the person who's going to give you the best advice if you're open and Ready. I know I go to Rebecca all the time. <laughs> same, for all same kinds to of you. Yeah. All kinds of different scenarios different, I go yeah, into. A lot of different. We go to each other for a lot of professional shit. A lot. We're we're those professional friends. Mm-hmm. So nice. See? Okay. I'm gonna keep going with the symptoms yes, yes. of going. living with it. One thing I wanted to I wanted to talk about three like um how do I word this? Um like new agey ways. I don't want to say new mm. agey, but mm. like hip, hip things, I guess. Have like you the heard new of- generation of symptoms. Yes. Have you heard of hangxiety? You know <laughs> no, I'm trying to even figure that out. What does that mean? It's um like Were hangover. Hang no, oh. hangover and anxiety. So it's Okay, the, I the, see. The, the youngsters are called us, really. They're us. They're calling it hangxiety. And it's that, um, you know, if you went out with your friends and you got like super plastered mm-hmm. or maybe you drunk texted a bunch of people oh. or something. And then the next day, because realistically, people with anxiety 
a lot of times will self-medicate. And a lot, and so when you drink, mm-hmm. um, those feelings kind of are dimmed and lessened. But yeah. then unfortunately, alcohol, they come, they come back, but like 10 times as mm. bad. So the next day, not only, first of all, you hung over, drink some water, but you have all of this anxiousness. But so, but those two things mixed together oh are gosh. horrible because a hangover, you've got a headache, a rapid heart beat, the sugar's leaving your body, so you're shaky, and you have triple the anxiety that you did the day before. Yeah. That's oh my gosh. That's a nightmare. So uh, just having anxiety, that's just having all that's the symptoms. A new, yeah, that's that's just the anxiousness, but now mixed with a hangover. And Ooh. all of the because a lot of people, especially like people mm-hmm. with ADHD, depression, anxiety, those three kind of go together a lot of times too. Um, they are absolutely over drinking and because it's dimming and dumbing down these symptoms and they're yeah, suddenly feeling like happy and they weren't feeling happy before mm-hmm. for and especially people with serious depression it's like oh i feel so good this is how normal people feel yeah. and then they're drinking twice as much as they should be because they're feeling good and then mm-hmm. alcohol kind of makes you drink even more because it whatever the fuck it does to the brain i'm not a scientist but yeah it does that and so yeah your hangover is worse and your anxiety is even worse oh my gosh i didn't I even guess, think about that give me more i get <laughs> I don't know if you're ready for this one. I'm ready for it. Let's go. Stressoria. Oh, okay. Do you know what it is? Do you know okay. What it is? That sounds what is like it? stress diarrhea. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but sorry, it's a totally real it's thing. It's <laughs> real. Oh my gosh. We should start asking people how many, like, do you have this? Do you have these symptoms? Yes. Oh, good. Let's add this to our assessments. Right. Imagine. Oh my God. I can't wait till the Gen Zs are like fully enrolled in therapy or like as therapists, like therapists, Um, which they're starting to be. I think they should be now. Yeah. They're coming up. I think of like ages. Yeah. Um, FOMO, which is an old one, but fear fear of missing out. That one I think is interesting Mm -hmm. um, because really you're self-sacrificing because you're, you don't want to go. You have depression, you have anxiety, whatever reason you have something to do at home. You don't have the money to go, but so you don't want to go. But you force yourself to go because of the fear of, of the fear and the anxiousness of missing whatever it is you possibly might miss out on. Or everybody has a story to tell when you see them the next time and you didn't You're get to enjoy that it. story. Yeah. 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 Dang, so, I can or, see that. That's yeah. real. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones that I got of like kind of making it normal life. It really is. A lot of people have these symptoms. So what do you mm-hmm. do if you have some of these symptoms? What are some tools and tricks we can leave people with? <sighs> Get therapy. Um, well, yeah, that'd be a good one. I think therapy is really helpful. But uh, a lot of the times, I think for anxiousness, I've been doing this for a long time, is having some – they're called now fidget toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, or not now. They've been called fidget toys for a while. But we used to give them only to kids. But the reality is adults do very well with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they have so many different types that aren't just – because I think when fidget toys, when we think of fidget toys and we think of kids, it's like – kind of obnoxious thing that they have at their desk or whatever. It's like the bubble popping things or whatever. There's so many other better ones. There's this really good one that I like and that I refer to people. Uh, I think it's made by Pop Socket, the things on the phone. First of all, I play with my Pop Socket all the time. That's somewhat of a fidget toy for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's this other thing. It's like a keychain, and it's there's these two little – 
little chingas on the keychain that you like flip up and down, but it's magnetized. So it keeps coming back to it. Mm. And it's just something like to do with your hands, basically. I um, have a bunch of fidget toys at my desk for when I'm doing therapy. I'm clicking them. I have um, you, me, and you got these together. Uh-huh. My little, I'm, what no one else can see me holding right now is this pencil with these like little, what is it? Fidget toys on it. Yeah. The pencils with the fidget toys on it. They have fidget jewelry. Uh, like it's oh. a ring that like you spin around your oh, finger. Yeah. They have necklaces that have like – they're like look like jewelry, but they're mm-hmm. specifically fidget. Um, way back in college when I worked at a, a hardware store, uh, they have these types – I don't even know what the – I think there was like a plumbing thing. Somebody returned it and I couldn't – they told me to throw it away. It was like this gold – not gold, but it was gold colored. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Dog alert. Uh, there was this little gold, I don't know, little chingadero, and I used to like have it in my pocket and like screw, unscrew it, screw it back. My thumb pretty much went raw from it because it was metal, but uh, I really liked that. Oh, I like so that. You just kind of have to find what works for you. But a lot of people who suffer from anxiety that don't want to talk about it um, have being able to have something in your pocket or mm-hmm. like you know, not obvious would be appropriate for adults. Yeah. So you're not picking your nails and your skin off oh, your nails off yes. or pulling your hair out, which are also symptoms oh, of unaddressed anxiety. Yeah. yeah. I think really bad. Um, having those toys is brilliant. A lot of yeah. people like do this thing with their necklace where they put their thumb in and like move the chain or charm yeah. from side to side. I mean, you gotta just find what works for you. Some things to keep your fingers and hands busy. So that's mm-hmm. one thing. Um, going on walks. That's That's actually a really good stress reliever. Exercise Exercise. and and body movement of any kind is extremely helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. depending on the type of job you have, like desker sizes would be good. Or Mm -hmm. if you're sitting on like those, those balls Mm -hmm. and your butt bump, jumping up and not jumping, but like bouncing, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. Morning and bedtime routines are important for everybody, but specifically when you have anxiety, mm-hmm. having organi- or- organized <laughs> – Jesus Christ. So, what is wrong with us today? Lots of things, bitch. Um, organized <laughs> yes. routine is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I love about specifically like morning and bedtime routine is – taking time for yourself of maintaining like good hygiene. So it's, you know, brushing your teeth, rinsing mm-hmm. your face, putting on cream or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just that, I, cause sometimes with people with anxiety, it's really important just to become comfortable with their own body. So yeah. being able to stand in the bathroom and rinse your face, just getting used to seeing yourself in the mirror mm-hmm. and how you look and taking the time and it's almost like watching yourself care for yourself and um, kind of reinforcing that in your brain is really important. I like that. That's really good. So really we have good. some pretty good, good <laughs> we have some pretty good um, tips and tricks. One thing yeah. that I really like doing with clients is guided imagery whenever they start to feel in, uh, like it. really anxious. Yeah. There's a ton of YouTube videos out there where they can watch and listen to guided imagery. It really and even meditation, like bringing your breaths back down, mm. focusing on something other than your thoughts, mm. things like that. Um, typical things like journaling. It's called, for me, I call it mind dumping. Um, <laughs> so you're not really talking about something specific in your journal, but like maybe just spend 20 minutes writing everything in your brain right now mm. that's making you feel anxious. 
Because once you get that from head to paper, Mm. there's something magical that happens. You start to relax. I hate to be a super Harry Potter fan right now, but I'm 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 gonna. Um, I think it's the movie. It's either four, five, or six. I think it might be five. Whatever. Dumbledore has his wand to his brain. I don't know if you know the scene that I'm talking about. And with his wand, he's pulling out memories, and it's like, oh yes, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I envision that a lot in imagery. Yeah, when journaling. Like when I'm journaling is I'm taking something out of my brain and I'm putting it on the paper so it no longer exists in my brain. Mm-hmm. It's now on this piece of paper so it's not clouding me. Imagery like that works really well. For yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, doing something out of the norm too mm-hmm. is, you know, talking oh, like to what? a trusted friend mm-hmm. or like maybe you don't really talk a lot to people in general. Maybe just pick one person to talk mm-hmm. to and kind of problem solve some of the things that you have as long as they're trusted and they don't go like gossip around town about everything that you're telling them um getting your own therapy just circling back to that but i think all really good for therapy solutions for um okay so tell the peeps what they should do if they're feeling i don't want to say anxiety attack but in the realm of like overcome with the anxiousness i think it's important to Well, when you're right in the middle of anxiousness, you can't really think about anything other than the problem, right? So it's just really getting big and getting out of control. What I've done Mm -hmm. to to relieve some of that anxiety, because I had it too just Mm -hmm. this past weekend, um, is I put on a meditation podcast and really made myself listen to what it was saying word Mm -hmm. for word. And it kind of started to alleviate some of those symptoms. I also tell clients to do um, the starfish breathing. I don't know if you've ever yeah. heard of that. Where you put us. your yes, tell you us. put your hand up and it's the shape of a starfish, and you start at the base of your palm and you breathe in all the way till you get to the tip of your thumb. You hold it for four seconds and then you go back down and you follow your hand all the way until you complete the starfish. Because when you start to breathe, when you're in the middle of anxiety, you're not breathing. Mm-hmm. And it's very shallow breaths because yeah. when you start taking very big, deep breaths, your body's starting to fill back up with oxygen that's needed to kind of alleviate some of these fight or flight responses in your body. So yeah. it's important, even though it sounds really silly, to breathe. I know when, <sighs> it does. In the like middle of telling it. someone to breathe, but we're not telling someone to breathe. We're telling someone to breathe in a very specific way. Focus on your breath. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a physical intervention when it comes to having like overwhelming anxiousness. I typically tell people to carry around sour candies. Oh, I like that. Toxic waste. That's my fave. Oh, warheads Mm -hmm. for me. Um, Because fucking nothing will beat your ass like a warhead, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, true. So I, I suggest – and then for those who are less inclined to super sours, I'm like, oh, you know, Sour Patch Kids are great too mm-hmm. for the week. But – Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you better even, get those warheads. Yeah. Even for drinking ice cold water is a really good mm-hmm. physical intervention. Holding ice is really good because I'm trying – Putting I try a to- shirt in the freezer and then Ooh. putting it on. Yeah. That's, That's part of like DBT skills. Like yeah. that, coming back to mindfulness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I've told people to <laughs> – let me word this correctly – uh, open the freezer and um, and put their head in without closing it. <laughs> like, because oh. st- I said, like, stick your head in the freezer. No and I'm like, not your actual head, here. but like, you know how you, if it was yeah. pretend it was a hot day and you were trying to get cool real fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I try to when I talk to people about like what they can do to how to handle. I typically ask right away, like, 
where and when do you most feel these overwhelming anxiousness? And then we play out what they're capable of that moment. Because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm usually at work and at work, I'm at my desk, the bathroom's across the room. I don't want anyone to know like, okay, so what can you have at your desk that's available? Like, how do you make how do you make these the coping most of skills? your situation? Yeah. And how do you make these coping skills work for you and yeah. in reality? Because this is my life. And if I, you know, some some people um, like law enforcement, they have these types of anxiousness too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, they're not going to be able to stick their head in a freezer. They can't, like, there's certain things they're not going to be able to do. So what can they do that's going to work for you? Or, you know, a yeah, like social worker candy. out in the field. I've had a lot of, um, I have felt unsure and anxious within therapeutic sessions before as well, like as mm-hmm. a therapist. And I'm like, okay, where's my fidget pin? Yeah. You know, and then you yeah. just got to call. It's all about just calming yourself the way that it works for you. Calming the, calming the mind. There you go. All right. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank y'all so much. <laughs> Thank we'll you. We'll see you next time. Bye. And that's a wrap for today's topic. If you want to stay in the loop of anything new and exciting happening with this crazy duo, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Clinically Impressed. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to stay connected, stay hydrated, and always practice safe social work. Come on.